Make sure you mute Wade, because I know he's going to get us in trouble with some of the things he's going to say. Tom, you should really get an idea of what I don't say. (laughs) (laughs) So, welcome back, everyone. Today is episode 30 of our Almost Perfect podcast. We are 30 weeks year old now, (laughs) guys. How does that make you feel? I was also told there wouldn't be math. There's not math. There's no, no. math and no voting yeah. allowed here on the podcast. So and evidently no cake. There's supposed to be cake. Right. There should be cake. And, and I think you know, thirtieth guy, man, it just seems like a decade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've been doing this forever. Only thirty. <laughs> thirty. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, what do you guys think that we have added to the universe? in 30 episodes of this podcast uh noise yeah i was just gonna say <laughs> well it, we definitely have added uh humor to to the universe the cosmos we, we have tried have we not we have, we, have, yeah. we have added a quantity of humor i'm not so certain about a quality a quality but there was that one time <laughs> yeah I don't know. I've had a little fun. I, I think it was it was something I've had wanted to do for a while, uh, and didn't know how or what the format would look like. Didn't exactly know who would be involved. I just kind of said, "Oh, we should do this," and just never had the the um, kind of push to do it. And then the year we all had last year, and, um, you know, the, how we were meeting as a group, you know, before I just thought we asked you guys, and away we went, and and here we are, thirty episodes later. So. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if anybody's watching, but I'm having fun. I'm having fun. Well, and, and and you know what it is is we we only work on Sunday, and and then during the pandemic we didn't even work that day, so we had to do something. I had to, do, I had to look busy somehow. Yeah, you guys are confessing way too much here. I, I just want to say. how many times can I actually wash my car anyway? <laughs> That's right. It doesn't rain around here, so you know. Uh, today is also the Ides of March, gentlemen. Um, time to pay up your debts, right? You preached a sermon yesterday, and you had one less hour to prepare. So, do you need to, you know, pay up any confession for that, or you know, apologize to your congregation? No, I, I, I had this. I had the same amount of time to prepare. I just had less time to sleep on it. Okay. All right, you are a well-prepared preacher. Very good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm. I'm I don't know. I slept through it. I think it was that extra hour I really needed. I just took it back during worship. Well, my online preaching happens on Wednesday or Thursday, so I was done with that before. Mm-hmm. I opened up the uh, worship setting by asking, you know, the, the the question. The question that really matters in life is, how come daylight saving time isn't Friday at four p.m. right <laughs> instead of Saturday yeah. or Sunday morning? It's a prop uh, deal. That's right. That's right. All right, guys, so I did want to share something with you all. I came across, uh, speaking of podcasts and uh, 30th episode of ours, there's a new podcast. I don't know how many there are yet, how many episodes they have. Um, And I haven't listened to it either. I just, I love the idea. It's a delightful new podcast that describes memes because we all have, we all love memes, right? I assume you all do. Yeah, y'all do a great job at that and gifts. I, I, gifts are my, I prefer gifts over memes, but I appreciate a good meme. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And Brad, where do you fall in all that? Oh, I am, I am, 
I am not committed to either one, but to both. I can can I play the centrist that, role is here? Is that even legal? I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm I'm usually not. So yeah. I no, speak, I like both. I, I have a good time as long I as like, they make I speak laugh. meme. I love memes, and so so I appreciated this as well. So the podcast describes memes for people who are blind or visually impaired. Have you ever considered that people who aren't able to see? They miss out on you know, all the fun we have with memes and you know how they are. So the podcast uh, has a host who describes meme, memes um, to someone who is there who is blind or, or can't see very well. And I talked a little bit about how you know you, you can't over describe a meme because then you kind of lose some of the some of the funniness of it. But then you can't under describe it either because then you know what's the point, right? It sounds like well, yeah. preaching. Well, so this is what I was talking about. What, what I was thinking about is that, you know, how this kind of ties into what we do in ministry, not just preaching, but also in ministry, right? We have a story to tell to the nations. Isn't that the hymn? And mm-hmm. so how do we figure out ways to tell that, retell that story uh, with different uh, lenses and perspectives that other people have that help them hear the story again? I think that's an important thing for churches to realize, right? And that's part of the the trouble we have as churches. We just want to keep telling the story our way and wonder why nobody wants to hear it. Uh, for certain, you know, there's been a, a reorientation because of the pandemic, because we were used to telling the story in our building uh, at a particular uh, period of time. And then all of a sudden now we're uh, not in our building and and uh, having to devise so how do we get the word out and and, and adjust and, and I know all of us at, at some point were online only uh, and for some of us that was a bigger leap I mean it was a leap for me but thankfully we happen to have media people already in place to figure that out because if they'd have depended on me I, you know we would have gone through uh, half the summer trying to figure out how to do the first service and as opposed Mm -hmm. to we decided on Thursday and it was up on Sunday. That's a good example. Yeah. Yeah, You know, the the time has required us to to think differently about how we're going to do this and, you know, you Mm -hmm. you find a way. Yeah. The the title of the podcast is Say My Meme. Right. So describing memes to somebody who can't otherwise see them. Um, and yes, how, how do we do that in preaching and in church? How, how do we find those ways um, to continue to do that? It's part of the reason why I try to stay up like on you know, new apps or, or new um, trends or, or new uh, tools, because I feel like that's church's job, right? So uh, I'll just, another example for me, <clears throat> TikTok, I know everybody, TikTok, oh my gosh, what is that? But it's just, it's a tool, right? And, you know, you just find a new way to tell, retell the story of Jesus. And, um, you know, a, a TikTok sermon is a lot different than a Sunday morning sermon, right? Because on oh, TikTok, yes. you, have, you have a minute <laughs> at the most, right? And so yeah. you, know, you got to figure out how to, how to do that. So, and, and I think that's just, uh, that's part of what we're called to do, not just us as preachers, but mm-hmm. for our congregations as well. So uh, any other, any new ways that you've seen around that uh, people have been retelling the story of Jesus that have caught your attention? Hey, hey, John. Yes, sir. I mean, I hate to, but, but I think it was Wade who kind of 
I had that uh, extra sound in there, and I and I and I just want to say, uh, uh, we haven't been introduced. People have no idea who we are. Oh man, you're right. Yeah, I was so excited about episode number thirty. I was so ready to tell you all about you know this uh, new podcast called Say My Meme. I forgot to introduce everyone. Who are you guys, and why are you on my computer? It's because, you know, after 30 episodes, who cares? I mean, <laughs> Say my name. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, everyone. Uh, Take two. To the left of me is Brad. Right there is Wade. And right there is Tom. Yeah, right under you. I'm, I'm supporting you. How are you guys? <laughs> we're good we're actually we know we're good because we've talked about it but nobody knows that because they have no idea who we are who oh, these random guys keep appearing on my computer i don't know who they are <laughs> i think doing the podcast in random order may work for us though yeah it, it might <laughs> so just throw segments around like nothing just kind of okay <laughs> well, i thought you meant like we were going to do episode you know 46 next week and then come back to episode yeah. 12. That's can we do that? We can do that. Yeah. <laughs> there are no rules here. There are no, no rules, rules, right? Okay. So sorry to throw you off. Obviously, uh, we're, we're, we, uh, you know, we're, it's, we've made you the cat rounder upper. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. You know, almost 20 years of ministry has prepared me for this moment, Tom. <laughs> Here you go. You've been around pastors long enough. Yeah, I feel right. safe now. This is a safe space for me now. Yeah. <laughs> I feel at home. I've, I've told my church before in sermons, um, the first time I felt like totally comfortable in a church-ish environment was during Kairos prison ministry. Mm. And I don't yeah. know what that says about me. Or I don't know what that says about the church, but that, you know, when I did first did Kairos that first time, it's been years ago. Uh, that was the first time I felt like I'm okay. And, you know, this, you just talked about way, you know, a safe place or open place, or whatever. That's kind of how I, the feeling I had there. Um, Cause yeah. uh, <laughs> there's no fluff and, and there's no uh, facade there, man. You have to be real and you have to be up front with everything you do. So anyway, anyway, <clears throat> so moving right along. Uh, we did have a story we did want to talk about, and let me give you the title. Amid deadly resurgence, Tanzanian officials maintain they can pray the coronavirus devil away. Some religious leaders have even proclaimed the county free of the coronavirus because of the power of prayer. Meanwhile, the government has refused to report any data on the number of cases in the country. So I sent this article to the guys because I, I thought it was uh, good to talk about because one, it's 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 real right now, and this is not you know to talk about the the faith of Tanzanians necessarily, but uh, I have trouble thinking of prayer in the way that is presented in this article. This article comes from Religion News Service, by the way, and essentially the idea is that all you have to do is say a prayer or keep praying, and the virus will go away, and I just, I just think there's some trouble with that line of thinking with prayer and using prayer that way. Um, but uh, I, I don't want to say a whole lot. Guys, you read the article. 
what what was your response or some of your responses to that? Do I need to call on you? Well, I, I, I don't know, John. I want to push you on that. Why do you think there's trouble and what kind of trouble are you saying? And we can go from there. What are seeing, not saying. Yeah, I have trouble with saying that all you have to do is pray something away. Mm-hmm. So, and that seems to be, it mentions a, a pastor who's, that, that's his message, that the virus is caused by the devil and will, and we will not die because we have the sun. Uh-huh. Um, that bothers me because I've known people who have died because of the virus. They had the sun too. They prayed. I prayed. We prayed. And um, they're not here anymore. And so to, to say that, you know, you have this, for this example, this virus, and all you have to do is pray to make it go away and nothing will, no harm will come to you, seems very um, disingenuous. Um, okay. And, and also dangerous as well. Yeah. Because then it assumes that we haven't been praying for anything all this time. Or that our prayer is faulty. Yeah. Or that we don't know how to pray, yeah, uh, or, or something something's wrong. Yeah, so that, that's the big problem I have with that, that idea. Well, you know, I think the question that I would have us talk about, if we're going to talk about prayer, is why do we pray in the first place? Right. What's the point of that? Is, is it, it, you know, is, do we pray just when uh, things are wrong and we want them to be fixed and we get to decide how they get fixed or, or is prayer something different? <clears throat> So, Wade, you're asking the question, do you have an answer? I do. <laughs> I do you know, I, Elucidate. <laughs> Illuminate. After when I talk to new Christians and I talk to new members of the church, remember in the Methodist church, we have these vows um, mm-hmm. that we will uphold the church by our, our prayers, right? And a couple Very of, first thing. Right. And so... Um, so I, I like to talk to them about what that means. And the, and the first thing that I talk about is, um, and I usually use the analogy of a relationship. Um, Tom, you've probably been married as long as anybody here. Um, and I'm guessing that at some point in your marriage, you have communicated with your wife. Am I right? <laughs> yeah, it's very helpful. And it's probably on a pretty regular basis. And so you can't be, you can't be in a relationship with somebody if you don't communicate. And, you know, if, if nothing else, God has called us into a relationship and, and prayer is about, for me, as much as anything is about cultivating that relationship. It's not, it's not a remote control for what God should do for me. Um, it's about a relationship and it's about being in the presence of God. And, and so something comes along like coronavirus, uh, I haven't been praying that I wouldn't get coronavirus specifically. I really haven't. That hasn't been a focus at all. Um, I have prayed for people who have it. Um, I have prayed uh, early and often that there would be uh, a vaccine or a remedy of some sort. Um, And I have seen this whole year um, in some ways as time in the desert. And, And I think it's difficult to to appreciate and come into the presence of God in prayer or anything else 
if you haven't experienced um, your idea of God not being present. And, uh, and I don't know about you guys, but there have been times during this past year in the pandemic and all of the aloneness and, you know, probably specific things that are going on in my life where I have felt at times far away from God. Um, and, um, and what brings me closer uh, are those times where I can go, oh, you know, God's far away right now. That's probably not about God. That's about me. And that requires me to enter into some sort of prayer language. And so, um, so that's, I, I don't know if that's the answer to the question, but, but why I pray isn't to pray away a virus. Um, I don't even, I, I, that would say that I, you know, I, I think there's a sense in which that would say that I believe God created that virus for some reason. Um, and I don't know if I'm ready to do that either. Brad, what do you think? I agree with Wade. I think we're in the middle of a, of a wilderness. And, and any kind of global thing like this makes us really need to, ought to, and I hate the shoulda, coulda, woulda, oughta, but we, we, we need to or we ought to reevaluate where we are in our relationship with God. And in an awful lot of times, that involves a lot of uh, real deep soul searching and and questioning and crying out and sometimes we don't even know what words to say um i just finished a book uh called god on mute and how to deal with god when god appears to not answer prayer uh where is god and all of that and um it, and it was a very eye-opening experience to go through what the author was presenting which was um, his, uh, it's Pete Grieg, uh, G-R-E-I-G is his last name. And he's uh, a British uh, pastor and he founded a international house of prayer. It's not like an IHOP, but it's, you know, it's this, this neat ministry of prayer. And he teaches about prayer all over the world. And uh, a lot of this came from his own soul searching with his wife who um, had a brain tumor and became a severe epileptic and dealing with all of the complications of that where is god you know why aren't you hearing me god when i'm crying out to you about my wife my wife is is in pain she's she's suffering she's going through all these things and we don't know why and and god if we pray hard enough can we get you to lift this burden off of us and and why why are you taking so long to answer us can you not hear us you know and and it, it was a lot of soul searching about what prayer is and I think you're right. I think when we're in the wilderness, we, we really do need to stop and reflect. Is it really something that God has created? Did God create the, pan, uh, the pandemic? Um, and if so, for what purpose and what kind of God would do that? A and at the same time, what are, what are my expectations in prayer when I'm asking God to remove this or to uh, lay the blame of the pandemic on Satan? or or what i i think the the real issue here is not the virus itself but it's our our ability or inability perhaps that um defines you know how do we cope when things don't go peachy keen and and how, how do we survive in that mode and realizing that we are at the mercy of the grace of God only 
for everything that we do and to depend upon God for all of our sustenance is not to remove the, the, the obstacles in our way, the diseases that we suffer with and on and on and on. But, but rather, God, can you be with me in this? Please be with me in this. And that's the promise that we get in scripture throughout all of the prophecies, or the prophets, the Psalms, especially the Psalms, you know, where, where the, the, the cry out to God is, God, be near me and, and rescue me from this, but be near me more than rescue me, you know, and uh, that's been the promise all along. You know, we, we have this um, good shepherd that walks with us through dark valleys of shadows and death and such, and it doesn't mean that, that they remove the valleys from, from our path. Does that make sense? Sure. And so, you know, this year it's a pandemic, but, you know, who knows what it'll be next? It's always something that we're, you know, walking through some yeah. difficulty that we're, you know, crying out to God for. And um, so, so that's why this is important because, you know, let's say when the pandemic's over, there's still going to be something that we're going to want to pray away, right? We're going to ask God to deliver us from. And so broken I, relationships, lost jobs, lost homes. Uh, medical issues whatever yeah and yeah. so again i don't, I don't so i i told my church recently that in my mind um and i don't know if any of our higher ups listen or not but in my mind i got about two more years here and so i've decided that in those two years like i don't i don't want to focus on some of the other things that i thought we could have done before or we should have done maybe mm-hmm. uh, because in these last two years i'm i want to focus uh, on building prayer in our church, mm-hmm. like building a, a life of prayer for the entire congregation, right? Not just that you pray and you pray and I pray when I'm alone, but you know, that, that we are building on, on prayer. And so this is very important to me because I, I think we're, I think we're missing that sense of communal prayer in a lot of ways, but I also want people to have a, what's the right word? faithful, helpful, um, healthy, even understanding of what prayer is. Well, and a good solid practice of prayer, you know, a discipline of prayer. Yeah. And, and, you know, taking it back to this article, you know, getting up in front of your congregation and telling them that all you have to do is pray and you will not get this virus. The virus virus will not harm you. um, To me is not a good practice of prayer. I think it's a, an abuse of it. I think it's an abuse as well. Yes, sir. Yeah. But it, I'm sorry, Tom, go ahead. No, go ahead and finish your thought and then I'll jump in. Well, no, just to, to reiterate that, I think it is an abuse that stems from maybe a little more of uh, control and a sense that if I can you know, tell you this, then you will, obviously you want to hear it. Obviously you want to believe it. We all want to believe that, right? Mm-hmm. As long as I can get you to come back and listen to that, um, you know, I'll keep telling you that. Now, don't question me when you know it doesn't work and you catch the virus, because then obviously, to your earlier point, Brad, man, you just want you weren't praying right. It's not that I was giving you the wrong interpretation of prayer. Right. You, it's your fault, not mine. It's your yeah, fault, not mine. the trouble is with you. Exactly. Well, yeah. Go ahead, Tom. What I was going to come back to is at some point we have to be uh, informed about the character of God. 
and and if we if, if the answer to prayer is I don't get sick and then I do get sick, what does that tell us about the character of God? And uh, so you know uh, my experience, my circumstances in inform in um, uh, the character of God. And 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 for me, what I love about the scripture is the broadness of the encounter. Uh, uh, people have with with God in in good circumstances and bad circumstances. Uh, yesterday, uh, one of the assignments I gave to uh, my congregation was, uh, you know, uh, and, and this was with the thought of we're going to run into difficult situations. How do you prepare to make the right choice in the midst of a difficult situation? And says, just look, uh, I'm going to encourage you to uh, to read the the scriptures. And, and more specifically, get into the Psalms, because some of you feel like when I ask you uh, to read the scriptures, I'm asking you to do uh, calculus or physics, and others are saying, oh, I wish it was that easy. But, um, but, but you know, one of the things I, I love about the Psalms, and we've already alluded to it, is the broadness of the experience, the emotional experience between God and humanity. Uh, the you know the the depression that goes on the 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 uh, celebration that goes on throughout uh, throughout the scriptures and so I I, I have to measure measure not God's character according to my circumstances as as much as I begin to see the broadness of God's character revealed in the scriptures and especially in the person of Jesus Christ I you know I know God is good why because I see Jesus in the gospels who reflects, uh, you know, the light, uh, what is it, who's full of the, the grace and glory, or what is it, full of truth, uh, grace and truth. And, and, you know, that informs uh, my uh, relationship with God. And then my prayer then begins to be reshaped around, I want to get to know the God doesn't make the coronavirus go away, but who sends his son. And I want to get to know that God. Well, you know, talking about the character of God and, you know, how you see that in scripture. I mean, there are particularly the Psalms, right? There are times when Psalmist says, you know, or speaks of the affliction that God brought on to me. Right. So, mm -hmm. kind of, you know, there's, mm -hmm. there's that as well. Yeah. We don't think God does this, but, Psalmist did, and one of the readings, one of the lectionary readings yesterday was from Numbers, right, where God sent the snakes yes. to the people, and then God didn't get rid of the snakes. God just said, well, here's a, here's a bronze snake on a pole that you can look at to, to, heal, to get healed. Um, you know, that's what in the world, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, we have to deal with that as well, I think, in, in the discussion of how we experience these these different um, troubling times. Um, let me see. I think, also, I think you also have to balance that with the book of Job. You know the story of Job himself. Of you know sometimes God doesn't send these things, but God allows them to happen to test our faith, and that that God is not putting us to the test because uh, God didn't have anything better to do. And, and let's see what happens here. You know I don't think that's who God is, but. Um, more often than not, it's because we need to learn the, 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 the image or the, the lesson of, of learning to trust in God completely, um, because we can't fix it ourselves. You know, we can't pray away a virus just because we want to pray away a virus. You know, there, there's, 
we wouldn't need God if we could do that. You know, if it were just a matter of saying some words, that wouldn't be the case. And and Job talks about here and there. Yeah, you know, just sprinkle your words around and 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 you're you know you got it done. It's like treating this whole thing as if it were a vending machine. And I don't think that's the kind of theology that we have. Well, we we would bankrupt the lottery system. Oh my gosh. You know, <laughs> yeah. You know, if if we were in control, you know, the unintended con consequences of of uh, a constant flow of our definition of blessings would destroy us, right? Oh, of course, of course, <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be embarrassing, you know. I mean, yeah. so so the rest of the article uh, talks a little bit about uh, uh, the um, Tanzanian government, how they aren't being all that forthcoming about their pandemic. Uh, numbers. And I, I kind of wondered if there's some sense of that religious leaders are uh, kind of aiding that effort intentionally, or maybe <laughs> by force, I don't know, um, in, in having this kind of language, um, because uh, there's, there's mention of one, uh, they call himself a prophet that says he has it, he has the cure for coronavirus if the government would let him try it out. And it has to do with prayer and fasting and uh, things like that. And then I read this morning a totally different article that uh, Tanzanian police have arrested a man for circulating posts that saying that the president of Tanzania is ill in health. And so, you know, is this all part of, you know, some kind of conspiracy, I suppose, um, that's happening in real time over there. And, you know, the religious leaders kind of being complicit in it. So I, I don't want, I don't know that we need to talk too much about that, but maybe going back to Wade's earlier points about, you know, all right, if we're going to say, if I'm going to say that prayer, um, that kind of prayer isn't abuse, that kind of prayer isn't faithful, helpful, uh, so on and so on, then, and if I'm going to focus my efforts on prayer at my church, then what in the world is prayer? What are we trying to do through prayer? What are we hoping happens as a result of prayer? And how does God work through prayer? So um, it's really funny when you sent this article. Um, last night I was at a, uh, we have a heavy metal service once a month. And uh, it was last night. And, and uh, the guy, uh, Harley, who was, who was preaching, um, used this quote from Thomas Merton. And I was, when he said it, I'm like, I got to share this with the guys. Um, and it's a, it's a Thomas Merton quote. And he, he said this, uh, uh, the desert was the region in which the chosen people had wandered for 40 years, cared for God, cared for by God alone. They could have reached the promised land in a few months if they had traveled directly to it. God's plan was that they should learn to love him in the wilderness and should always look back upon the time in the desert as the idyllic time of their life with God alone. And so to me, it becomes, um, you know, trying to direct people toward uh, healthy prayer practices. You know, I think, I think it's about emptying yourself of the priority of self. Um, I think that's the first thing. And that doesn't mean that you aren't ever a priority uh, in your own life, but you are not the first priority. Um, the first priority is this relationship um, that requires you to empty yourself so that you can be more full of what God has in store for you. And you don't necessarily know what that is. 
Right. Uh, and you can't know if you're focused on other things. Mm -hmm. I think that's, I mean, that's where I would start. So prayer as a form of emptying ourselves. Kenosis. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Any other enlightened views? Brad or Tom? Well, I think it starts with that concept of, of recognizing that we are not in charge. More than that, we are we are anything but in charge. And I'm not saying that we need to just surrender everything, but we do need to surrender everything because we keep trying to take over as if we were God. And that's the Garden of Eden all over again. You, you, you know, and, uh, I, I look back at, at, you know, Psalm 51, David comes in and he says, uh, you know, created me a clean heart put a new and right spirit within me and you know this heart is all messed up god i have messed up and i've sinned against you and you alone and um i can't fix this i need you to fix this and and not just fix it now but fix it permanently created me a clean heart and a new and right spirit one that that is who you want me to be and when we come to that when we reach that point in our lives in the midst of a pandemic whether the pandemic is cancer or or uh, coronavirus or uh, joblessness or broken marriage or whatever when we reach that point that's when god says now now we can have a relationship that will be a healthy holy relationship and uh, and god doesn't fix all of those things. You know, one of the things I mentioned Job a minute ago or a few minutes ago, and, and, and the thing about Job that I don't like is, is the end of Job, chapter 42, that little tag on at the end that gave Job everything back as if, as if this was all a bad dream. And, and I don't think that's the way that life works either. You know, sometimes it does, but sometimes it doesn't. And does that mean that God doesn't love us anymore? Or, or no, I don't think so at all. But I think truly it is a part of coming to that point where you say, I can't fix me. And I know that I'm broken. And I only come to you, oh God, hat in hand. And Brad, don't you think that that, don't you think that ebbs and flows? Um, All the time. Yeah. I mean, you know, we, we're in a denomination that really values um, perfection. I mean, we've got a podcast called Almost Perfect. Um, well, Almost and, Perfection. Yeah. Well, but I, I think yeah. I really believe that we do reach perfection, but I think it's like waves on a beach. I mean, you, yeah. and you probably don't even know. I mean, if you think you've reached perfection, you probably have a long way to go. Right. Uh, but you know, you know, when those waves come up on the beach and one of them just goes further than any other wave has gone and you're like, Whoa, what happened there? Mm -hmm. I, I think it's the same thing. And then, he, and then you're back and it's, it, it, it's a relationship. It's give and take. It's, right. it's never static. Um, no. No, you're and, right. And yeah, so I, I think you. I think you're on something. I can't help but think uh, relationship up and down. For some reason, roller coaster comes to my mind, and, <laughs> and I, I apologize to everyone because that is definitely an inside joke, uh, and uh, we will not go into that. But uh, um, you know, I coming back now, you open the can of worms. <laughs> No, let's not go there. I, right. I'm taking off the headphones if we start talking about roller coasters oh, and relationships. You started it, dude. Oh, 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 oh. Um, 
No, I think uh, I, I think the right way we do talk about that as ebbing, ebbing and flowing, and, and and Wesley, John Wesley would talk about it as the movement toward entire sanctification, right. or or becoming perfect in this life through love. And I think, you know, and 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 I just simplified that whole doctrine, that whole concept, into two sentences, which is not fair to it, but it is a lifelong process of coming to know God and what what God wants us to become what God created in us as a potential, a God-given potential that we can't reach on our own without God. And I think you're right. I think, and it happens, it happens in varying degrees all throughout our lives from, from justification onward. Well, you know, coming back to Job, um, uh, I would say if Job were here today uh, and, and, and he said, you know, looking at the beginning of the story and everything's great from a, 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 a human perspective, a human earthly perspective, and everything's great at the end of Job from a human earthly perspective, and, and, but there's the middle part, um, and, and the result of the middle part is this encounter, this amazing encounter with God, where there's actually a conversation between God, who, who is speaking, and uh, Job, who is listening, and I, I, I would, uh, my, my, I would venture to guess that Job would say, "It's that part, not the, not the earthly success part. It's that middle part coming to, to hear from God in the midst of my pain yeah. that I value." And, um, and I, I know, you know, for me. Personally, I'm just kind of coming back to what you alluded to earlier, Wade, is, you know, what, what, what I really appreciate about my relationship with my wife is that she's still with me. Yeah. Despite the difficulties we have, we have moved through, through some of those I caused, some of those were outside circumstances, but it's the, it's the, it's the entirety of our relationship from 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 the first time we met to to the to the present day, and looking across the whole journey and that we've done it together, and and that's what I value in my relationship with God. He was so kind enough to wake me up and, and invite me into a relationship with Him, and I, you know, that's what I love. Uh, not the moments where there is actually, a, let's say, I preached a great sermon because God seemed to show up. It's because God has always shown up, and sometimes I've actually recognized it. Amen to that. So let's finish with uh, one question, and you know, you, you know, try not to give me a dissertation, but so you know, I've told you. I mean, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to take on this sense that you know all you have to do is pray away the coronavirus or any other difficulty in life. So how then do we pray? for sickness or circumstances, um, you know, I, I am going to pray. And this is going to sound like make up your mind, John. If someone tells me they got cancer today, I'm going to pray, God, make this cancer go away. Right. So then how, how is, how, how do we pray for those kinds of things then? Well, I think, you, I think you pray um, honestly where you are. And if I'm having a hard time, or if I'm having, not even if I'm having a hard time, if I just feel that it's, that it's needed, necessary, or a good thing to pray uh, for somebody to be healed, whether that's miraculously or in some other way, 
um, I, I don't think that's wrong. Um, I also know that I have prayed for people to be healed uh, and, and, and I was praying for a cure really. And, uh, and sometimes they have been cured and sometimes they weren't. Um, and, uh, and that wasn't about my prayer. Um, that was what I, what I wanted in prayer. Um, but you know, there were other things at work that I didn't have anything to do with. So I don't think you can say to people, there's a wrong way to pray. I think, I think you got to pray honestly. I promise you that those people in Tanzania, the pastors and the people, um, they aren't being dishonest in their prayer. Um, I just think that the teaching that, that is the, the, the only destination to, um, to, to, to realizing what God is doing um, might, might have a little more humanity in it than it does divinity. Mm, good um, and so, um, so, you know, I, I remember um, I was at a walk to a mass one time. You guys, anybody remember John Gibbs? So John, John gets up, he was one of the first preachers to speak and, I, and he goes, and if you remember John, he talked like this, he goes, if you want to pray for Alexis, pray for Alexis. That's what you should do. You aren't going to get it. <laughs> yeah, that's him. That's him. Um, and, you know, and, and what that taught me, and I was, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even say I was a Christian at that point, um, was that you, you pray where you are um, and God will take you where you need to be. Um, if you keep praying where you are and you keep having conversations like this with other, with other people, you know, I, I think, I think part of, I think some of what happens with our prayer is, um, you know, conversations that we have about God. I think you, you could look at this whole podcast as, as a form of prayer in some, in yeah. some, in some way. So um, was that a dissertation? Almost. <laughs> now you need footnotes. Uh, uh, John's going to take care of that. <laughs> uh, Brad, Tom, last couple minutes. How, how well, the, the only thing is when you, when you say, I, I just have one question and you think about that, uh, you know, it, it, that gives me time to think. And so I came up with the, with the one question is uh, prayer for it or get it. Yeah. And I'm going, I'm for it. Voting again. That's right. I'm for it. I just want you to know. That's my that's that's all I've got to say. Okay. All I right, think prayer is one. I think prayer is a, a very important part of the relationship. And and y'all y'all already talked about this um not quite ad nauseum, but but, but pretty close. And, and that, you know, when you're in communication with, with God, one of the things about communication is that it's not all just talking, it's sometimes it's listening. Well, more often than not, it should be listening, and, and you get to hear what God wants you to say. Jesus always talked about prayer, praying then like this. We want God's will to be done in every situation. So if I ever had to, uh, the opportunity, and I've had it many, many times, to, to pray for folks uh, who are in, in very specific situations uh, where healing is needed or, or they're praying to be rid of a disease or something, cancer. Um, I never prayed for that as much as I prayed for God's will to be done, that God would be glorified no matter what. 
And I pray that God would bless this person in body, mind, and spirit and bring healing in however God sees fit. And that's a hard prayer to pray when you've got somebody who's going, I'm afraid to die. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but you pray it anyway, and you talk about the fact that God is with you even now, and that, that death is not the end, and it's not the victor in this. When you believe in who God is and believe in who Jesus Christ is, that's not the biggest issue you have to face. And so uh, I think there are wrong ways to pray. Um, praying like a vending machine, you know, treating God like some sort of a bellhop that you can just snap your fingers and God will jump to it, I think is the wrong attitude. And it's not about God's will, it's about my will. I think we need to be aware of the fact that what we need to be in tune with is God's will, not get God in tune with our will. And that's the final word that I would offer. Very good. Very good, gentlemen. That, that is all important uh, um, consideration. And uh, I appreciate you sharing that. That's good, st good stuff for us to consider. Uh, it's helpful, I think, for how we approach our prayers at home uh, amongst ourselves, but also how we pray together as a church as well. So congratulations on 30 episodes, guys. Um, a great job. And I uh, always appreciate your time and effort. Thank you all for listening and being a part of the conversation. Let's hear what you have to say. What are you praying for right now? Let's Let's see how it matches up to what you're experiencing, how you're experiencing the grace of God. And if there's ever anything that you want us to talk about to try to find a Christ-like response to, let us know. Send us a voicemail or a message online, and uh, we'd be happy to. That way we don't have to pick, at, pick it out because then Tom's going to make us talk about roller coasters and stuff. And, and relationships. And relationships. <laughs> anyway, thanks for tuning in. Have a great rest of the week, guys. Brad, Wade, Tom, thank you so much for the gift of your time. Thanks, John. Still waiting on, I guess it's God's not, it's not God's will about the cake, huh? Okay. <laughs> we'll go buy you a cake, Brad. Okay. <laughs> I'm still waiting for my t-shirt that he promised a long time ago. So I had a t-shirt. What happened? I went to Tom's church and he's never there. Oh, <laughs> you should go right now. He's there right now.